Good day, everybody. This is Don Gaddis, and this is Toolbox Talks. Today, I'm going to speak briefly on the concept of identity. Uh, not, <coughs> not simply personal identity, but we're going to start talking about the person of God. Because as Christians, uh, the old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And our identity is now in Him. Our identity is found in Christ. Uh, Paul speaks quite a bit about that. And I'll share some scriptures with with you along the way. Uh, But the scripture in Ephesians 2.6 says that we are seated with Christ. That we are actually heirs to the throne of God. We are sons. For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. And as we have received Christ in our hearts, we are now sons. And the way that God deals with us is different than the way he deals with the rest of the world. There's this huge misconception in the world that everyone that God created are God's children. And it's not true. Biblically, when he speaks about uh Discipline, He says those that he doesn't discipline are not his sons. Um, he speaks of uh, the people in the world who have not accepted him as the children of disobedience. Uh, we have been given the right to become sons and daughters of Christ, heirs to the throne of God, uh, redeemed, anointed, perfected. In our spirit, that's who we are, although we still dwell in a carnal body. Um, We have a perfect thing, and that is eternity with God. Uh, Nothing about our personal selves is perfect, because we still have in our flesh the appetites of the flesh that we have developed, and part of our goal in our lifetime, using the Word of God, is to grow into maturity into our spirit man and uh, to keep our foot on the neck of the carnal man which is the flesh and all of the fleshly desires in Galatians it says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh and we use that word but the lusts are strong desires it's not just always sexual uh, there's a lust for money a lust for power uh, there there are things that we will do for certain things that would s- surpass our passion or desire for anything when it becomes a lust um, the <clears throat> portion of identity that we're going to talk about today is who is God who is God According to the Bible, the father of all, Yahweh, is the creator of all things, the head of the Trinity, the person of God, meaning he is a being in the form that he is and not in the form that we are. Um, Likewise, the son is a person, a separate being in the form of 
that he is. And throughout the Gospels, Jesus would even say of himself, he is the express image of the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. And we also see the Holy Spirit, who is in himself the person of God. As Christians, we follow the Trinity, the belief in our God being one God expressed in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Old and New Testament, you will see them acting in union, and you can see that the union makes them one in the same way that God expresses the union of an earthly marriage makes a man and a woman one person. In 1 John 5, 7, I think I, I used that last, uh, the last recording. It says there are three that are represented in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. It is the basis of our belief in God. You see the person of the Holy Spirit in the beginning in uh, Genesis chapter one, even in the first two two verses that before God created anything, he hovered about upon the face of the deep in preparation. And also you see in John one that Jesus was also there in the beginning because all things were created by him and for him. And likewise, you'll see the presence of the Father. You'll see throughout the Old Testament, the ministry of the Father, uh, creating a way uh, to have relationship with man, which is why the tabernacle was created, because God wanted to have a relationship with man, albeit there is no possible way that sin can approach a holy God. So he created the tabernacle. He created sacrifice so that temporarily we would be able to uh, align ourselves with God and and be what he calls holy in our spirit. And throughout the New Testament, you'll see the ministry of Christ uh, especially within the Gospels and the first portion of the Acts of the Apostles before he is trans translated into heaven. After he leaves, which before he leaves, actually, Jesus said that he would not leave them alone, but he would leave the Comforter. And he, throughout the Gospels, expresses who the Holy Spirit is. And the same thing that the Holy Spirit does in his ministry, which is from the point of Jesus being taken up even to this moment, to the coming of Christ, it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was 33 years old in his life, or lived 33 years, and it wasn't until his 30th year that he actually did his first miracle, which was the turning of the water into wine. Um, the scripture says this is the first of many miracles and you'll find there are other religions that are similar to Christianity that say otherwise uh, they may pull something from the Dead Sea Scrolls, which in most cases are inconsistent with the 66 books of the Bible. There is some inconsistency that uh, 
is a reason why it's not included in the 66 books. Uh, The person of God, the reason why it is important um, is you cannot identify yourself unless you know the identity of the God that you were born into. Um, I believe it's Ephesians 4 that expresses that there is one truth, one spirit, one God, and he is the father of all. As we look at it, we'll come down to finding out who we are because there are so many divisions in the world and even in the church. You'll find uh, the divisions of race, the divisions of politics, the divisions of uh, religion, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, all of those things, and, and none of those are, are in the Bible. Those are all creations of the world. There's the division of class, rich, poor, middle class. Um, there is sexuality division in the world. Uh, there is uh, religious um, divisions which are outside of the faith of Christ, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Christian Science, Buddhism, uh, not speaking of the Baptist, Seventh-day Adventist, Presbyterian, and Holiness. Those are all supposed offshoots of Christianity. Uh, but the one thing that I wanted to express is that in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, His purpose is to teach us all things. We read the Word and we, we, we gorge on the Word. We let the Word of God, according to Colossians, dwell richly in us. Colossians 3.16 So that we can know what our purpose is. Know what God desires of us. Know who God is. and Know what uh, God did to establish relationship with us. Uh, and in that, you'll find that the Holy Spirit draws the word of God that we put in us, that we read, that we study. He draws the truth and brings it back to our memory. He teaches us. He gives us a righteous understanding of the word of God. Um, uh, The scripture says that we need not have a teacher because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Although it is commanded of us to be under teachers to learn if it were necessary. I mean, if it were Um, uh, uh, the circumstances it wouldn't be necessary for anyone to teach us because the Holy Spirit is our teacher and you can find the maturity of a believer by the consistency of the truth that's in him because the Holy Spirit is able to uh, bring out truth and for those who are more religious than um, than spiritually mature you'll see the deviations in what they believe and that's how we get uh seventh day adventists and presbyterians and baptists and holiness and all of these different divisions of christianity because there should be none because there is only one truth and the divisions only show the immaturity of believers yet there is a large percentage a larger percentage of us who understand what the word of God is saying because the Holy Spirit is at work in the church. 
Um, There are voices in the world that guide us and tell us how the world can be healed. Uh, What is the uh, the remedy to uh, sin and degradation and loss and and the violence and 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 the hardships that are in the world? Um, Some people believe that if you throw money at it, you can fix it. Some people believe that if you change the law and, and, and get political, you can fix it. Some people believe that it's particular people in the world based on race who are the most uh, uh, who are the most responsible for those things. Uh, some people think it's class. The more money you have, the 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 more uh, what's the word? from the survival of the fittest fit to lead Um, but it's just not true Uh, truth is decided only through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that is the standard and our maturity is based on our relationship with God and his ability to speak to us and our ability to hear him we got preachers in the pulpit that preach, 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 and who are spiritually immature, but have a good grasp of the scriptures on a carnal level, but don't have the type of relationship with the Holy Spirit that they ought to have so that those divisions don't exist. Um, sure enough, we're, we're men, we're human, we're capable of erring, but the Holy Spirit is the one that holds us accountable. He uh, gives us the sense, he gives us a quickening in our spirit, a discerning in our spirit when something isn't right. Uh, and that is the reason why we ought to dive into, into the word and dig into the word and not just the English, but the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic. And we're talking about the ancient Greek and the ancient Hebrew, not the modern Greek and the modern Hebrew, because uh, the translations don't necessarily give us the full picture and we don't always understand uh, the times and the cultures and the mannerisms um, to understand exactly what's being said with the 2021 mentality. Uh, so studying requires us to really take note of a whole lot of different things so that we can understand what truth is, so that we can understand who God is in, uh, according to the word. And in that, we'll find who we are because the Bible gives us the vision of who we are. It gives us the uh, focus on who we are. And although we don't see the full picture, we are growing every day to what Ephesians calls the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Now, there have been people and are people in every single church who have been in church for 10, 15, 20 years, uh, 30 years, 40 years who don't read the word of God often, but they're very religious. They are like the Pharisees that have all of the processes down, have all of the the rituals down, but they have no real relationship with God or they don't communicate with God often enough for their spirit to mature. Now, Paul talks about that. 
uh, in what we believe Paul to be the author of the book of Hebrews. But in chapter 5, around verse 12, he speaks about those who have been in the church for so long returning to the uh, foundational elements of Scripture and they ought to be pressing on to to more complex things. Uh, he, he then uh, states that while these people ought to be teachers because of the time that they've spent in church, they still require baby food, milk. Uh, they're not able to digest the meat of the word of God, the 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 the, the deep abiding doctrines of the word because they don't study they don't read and it's unfortunate that a good percentage of the church today is biblically illiterate that's a fact it's something that i've seen in quite a few occasions uh, whether sharing the word of god with something with someone where they would quote things that are nowhere near the Bible, wives tales that have been passed down from generation to generation that are not biblical, uh, phrases, catchphrases and statements that sound good and they're familiar to our ears, but they're not biblical. Um, uh, things that are taken out of context that they apply for whatever reason to make it um, valid, uh, but these misapplications um, show uh, immaturity. Um, so when it comes to really growing in the word, we need to first, as we crack open the Bible, know where, no matter where we read, first ask God to forgive us of, of, of our sins, to, um, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that there is Nothing that stands in the way of your relationship with God, because even if you're born again, sin will take you out of fellowship with God. He won't hear your prayers. He won't respond to you because sin has to be dealt with. Yet we have eternal life, but God teaches us and God disciplines us that we first have to deal with the relationship. And once we've cleared that, we invite the Holy Spirit to give us understanding as we dig into the word, give our, our minds clarity, help us to understand the truth, guide us to, uh, you know, the related scriptures because the scripture proves itself. Um, it is consistent throughout from the beginning to the end. Uh, and it is the only book that has so many prophecies that have come true to the letter. And, it, it, it's really important that not only we clear the air with God and that we are repentant and that we establish, you know, repentance for our sins, but that we invite the Holy Spirit to guide us and give us understanding. That right there is the beginning of learning, you know, learn how to uh, how to use a concordance where you can take a word and, and find out what that word means and see how many entries throughout the Bible it is and read those entries and see how it's used. And, you know, I, I've done that quite a bit and I've gone with the word sin. I've looked at the Old Testament and the New Testament. I've looked up spirit. Uh, there are different words uh, that apply to uh, our 
uh, spiritual persons and the Holy Spirit, which is separate. Um, the, the beautiful thing about Greek and Hebrew is that they're much larger languages uh, than English. Uh, we use one word in most cases to apply to everything. I can say, I want to eat a hot dog. I love hot dogs. And then in the same breath, say, I love my wife. And then say, I love my brother. Uh, but there is a term in, in, in Greek for love, um, for love of a brother. And we have that uh, word in many of the words that we use, it's phileos, but that's where the word Philadelphia comes from, the city of brotherly love. Um, eros is where we get the word erotic love, but it's a romantic love between a man and a woman. And, and honestly, that word is only mentioned once or twice in the New Testament. Um, there's also Sturgis and Agape, which is uh, the love that God has towards us. It's an unselfish, perfect love. So you are not saying love with the same term. So it's really important to know how to study. It's really important to develop a habit of studying because what it really truly is, is you eating. It's really you nourishing your spirit, man. And the more you eat, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to give you something that he can bring back to your remembrance. And no matter how many times you read the same scripture, he'll bring something expressly different, um, more complex and continue to add layer upon layer. Um, in the same scripture in Hebrews five, it says strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern good and evil. Uh, and we know what exercise means. Exercise means to use over and over again in the same way that we do when we go to the gym and we take dumbbells and we lift them with our arms or, or do bench presses or inclines or even push-ups. That exercise allows our muscles to build and grow stronger. And it's the same if we are not reading daily, if we're not digesting the word, if, if, if not by reason of use, we will not be exercising our senses to understand what's good and evil. And it, my pastor, uh, Pastor Jimmy Smith uh, of Lake Galilee is very explicit when he talks about the difference between glossing over the word and reading through the word, which is good. It's you still getting the word in your system and grabbing a shovel and digging deep, digging deep, understanding uh, what words mean in their original language, understanding the culture and the times and, and the mannerisms of biblical times uh, to understand how to appropriate appropriate the scriptures in the correct manner. Um, all of this is important. And we're talking about identity. Um, you cannot establish uh, the identity of God without digging in the scriptures. There are religions that believe that uh, Jesus is uh, a prophet. I believe Islam is one that believes that Jesus is only a prophet. 
uh, that he is not God. And in our belief system, we know from Genesis in the first chapter, um, when he said, let us make man in our image, uh, that it wasn't just the father alone. And we know the Holy Spirit was there because it says that he hovered upon the face of the deep as they prepared to create. And in, again, in John, uh, that Jesus created all things, that they were there together, that Jesus is eternal, that he is God, the son. Um, so uh, we we I, I just want to encourage you, um, if you're a beginner, take a take a a, a, a scripture, memorize that scripture, put that scripture on the wall before you and meditate on it. Read what's around the scriptures. Um, understand what the context of the scripture is. Understand how it's being used. Who is it written for? What is it saying? What is it saying to you? Uh, and if they're complex, um, it's a matter of you asking the Holy Spirit to give you understanding and being under good Bible teachers. If you want to choose a church, you don't choose a church by how big uh, and how how amazing the choir is uh, or how pretty the ladies are when they come into the church. You know how we are sometimes, you know, but you choose a, a, a church based on uh, the word of God and the standard that they hold the word of God to. If the traditions of the church are more important than the word. The Bible says in the New Testament that it's the traditions of man that make the word of God of no effect. So you have to make sure that it's not churches that trump the tradition, trump the the power of God through the word with tradition. We see that in uh, all four gospels, in the book of Acts, and throughout uh, the New Testament that the Pharisees were highly trained. They were trained as children. They walked about with phylacteries on their head or their wrist with uh, strips of scripture that they would memorize. They were taught, um, they were taught all their lives, the word of God, but this is the letter. This isn't the spirit of the word. This is the letter, the word, as written on paper, but without a relationship with God, without the indwelling Holy Spirit, we don't get the spiritual understanding. Uh, and we can really be dogmatic about things and take things a lot further than they were ever meant to be taken. There are men in the world who, uh, as the Pharisees did, still live by the Ten Commandments. Uh, the Ten Commandments are... Um, the, the, the laws that God gave uh, the children of Israel when he was establishing relationship prior to Christ. It's the reason why um, or the reason why that God gave them uh, the Ten Commandments was so, so that they could understand what sin was. But there is no salvation in the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments tells you what you are not supposed to do and what you are supposed to do. But if you fail, there still has to be a, 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 a remedy for sin. 
and so if you are still living by the old covenant and not the new covenant where the remedy, the only remedy for sin is Christ, then you have no remedy. And uh, it's important for you to know that um, all of that will help you understand who God is. Uh, if you are to study, if you want to go into the Bible, you can go to the back and, and look up Jehovah, the Father, the name of God, and all of the places that you see him and get to understand him. I, I, I do with my teenage classes is I have the large pieces of paper that you would use in a meeting, uh, in a corporate meeting, uh, when you do your brainstorming and write out notes and, and all of that. And I do a large stick figure. I actually do three and I have them on the wall. As a matter of fact, they're on my wall right here in my, in my dining room. And I use one for the father, one for the son and one for the Holy spirit. And all of the scriptures that I come across to tell me who Jesus is, I write those down because I'm going to have to answer to someone one day who says, no, Jesus is not um, God. Jesus is only a prophet. I can go to the list of scriptures that I have that tell me who Jesus is, that are specific about his deity, that are specific about his oneness with the father. Uh, and I can share that, but I have to know that to be able to identify who God is, uh, who the Father is, who the Holy Spirit is. And believe me, you need to know that even to even share the, the gospel of Christ with people nowadays, uh, because the, the, the war in the spirit uh, is real. The enemy is fighting just as hard as the church is to destroy the power of God through his word, to destroy the character of believers, to destroy everything that is good and everything that is of God. He is working at his hardest because he knows that his time is short. So we need to know the word and we need to know that we are right. Asking the Holy Spirit to secure in us truth just gorging ourselves on the word so that we can know the identity of who God is. And the more we know of him, the more he will show us who we are because we can't begin to see the divine nature in the way that we ought to, unless we see God for who he is. And the scripture says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty that God's desire is for you to press into him, to know him, to dwell in his presence, to speak to him, to hear his voice, to have that exchange. And we know how lack of communication ruins any relationship, and it's no different. It allows you to see God for who he is, not some simply wrathful God, but the loving nature of God, the character of God, all of the different parts of God that we need to see so that we don't mistake him to be something that the world is twisted into something different. The world will only make a God that allows them to do what they want to do. And anything that that is of substance, that is of truth, will be uh, resisted 
Uh, The world doesn't want you to tell them that what they're doing is sin and that they need to have a savior. The world doesn't need to tell, doesn't want you to tell them uh, that seeing isn't believing. The, The scripture says that we are justified by faith, our believing in God. God sets the standard for a relationship, not us. I'm really excited to get a chance to talk to you guys. Get to know who God is. Get to know him. Get on your knees. Even if you don't know how to pray, God isn't interested in the wisdom of words. God isn't interested in poise. God is interested in sincerity. God is interested in the will of your heart. Those who desire, those who willingly seek him, willingly seek him. And he will answer you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. Psalms 91, he says, because you have known my name, because you know my name, because you know me, because you sought me, I will be with you in trouble and I will protect you. I will put you in a high place. I will show you who you are. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Not only because I have eternity with my father and I have so much to look forward to. But right now, as an heir to the throne of God, I have the authority of God in this earth and I don't have to fear anything. The scripture tells me that I have the access to his authority And it puts me above the enemy and all of his weapons and all of his tricks uh, that I am able as a son to use his authority and and overcome evil. It's, It's amazing. It's amazing how much peace you have when you know the word of God, when you know who God is and when you know who you are. Now, it takes some time. It takes some maturing. And the scripture says in Proverbs like iron sharpening iron so does man sharpen the countenance of his friend iron sharpens iron so does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend and we quiz each other we teach each other we converse with each other and we share what God is putting on our hearts and it's it's an amazing thing to, to be in the fellowship of believers Make sure that you are in a Bible teaching church. Make sure that you read and study daily. Make sure that you call on his name, that that you lay your burdens before him, that you fellowship with him, that you worship him, that you thank him for the things that he does in your life. Develop that relationship with God and the person of God will become clearer and clearer in your mind and you will not need to see God. You will see God by what he does in your life. You will see God in everything around you and God will make himself evident to you. Thank you again for tuning in to Toolbox Talks. Have a good day.